أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله سبحانه وتعالى سأذن سورة الناس أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس I'm sure all of us have memorized this surah, hands up, for those of you who've memorized. One of those first surahs we've memorized, right? Short and sweet, easy to get our prayers around. Uh, what's really interesting is while I was studying the surah this past week, I was comparing it to my presentation on this surah two years back. I did a similar presentation, you can find it on YouTube. What was amazing is that today's session is going to be completely different than what it was last, like two years ago. Which might sound weird, right? But this is what makes Qur'an so interesting, is that the more you go back to it, and the more you reflect on it, the more lessons you get. And it keeps on refreshing your understanding of the surah, unlike any other book. So you can't like take a surah and say, I studied it and I know it. right? As a student of the Qur'an, your understanding of the Qur'an evolves as you reflect on the Qur'an, which is what makes it so, uh, such a miraculous uh, book. Because you find new and new more, more meanings that are relevant with our times, right? And that's what you probably see today. And I'm warning you in advance that the stuff that we'll talk about, you probably never heard about it in any book, any tafsir. Uh, so it might sound kind of out of the box, but that's what I enjoy doing. It's connecting Quran with life, even if it goes against the traditional uh, views of the surah, okay? Uh, so... To start off, let's do a quick comparison between Fatiha and Nas. Now, is there supposed to be a connection? Yeah, right, because Fatiha is the beginning, Nas is the end. And according to many Mufassirun, and I hold that view, is that the Qur'an is, every single surah is perfectly organized. So every surah, so, so there is a divine reason why there's Fatiha at the beginning, then Baqarah, then Al-Imran, and it, the fact that it ends with Nas, and then after Nas, Fatiha. So it's like a... Beautiful pearl necklace, and every single surah is connected to the one after it. So there's, even in the order, there is, there is a purpose behind it. Okay? And so you'll see some really cool similarities between the two. First one, uh, the fact that, Alhamdulillah, Fatiha starts off on a positive note. Whereas in Nas, it's pretty much, you're seeking protection, so it's negative. Right? There's this fear, there's this evil that you're seeking protection from. But there's this beautiful contrast between the two. Alhamdulillah, if you think about it, it's more about collective dua, right? You're saying, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. You're asking in collective form. Ihdina, all of us, guide us, right? You're asking Allah, Iyaka na'bud. You're not saying, Iyaka a'bud. Oh Allah, we worship you. We seek your assistance. Iyaka nasta'in. So there's a collective approach to Fatiha. Whereas Nas, it's, it's purely, A'udhu. Oh Allah, I seek refuge. I need your help. I need your protection. So it's about... We don't say قُلْ نَعُوذُ We don't say نَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْنَاسِ right? We don't say نَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقُ or نَعُوذُ We say أَعُوذُ So it's about your individual uh, relationship with Allah when it comes to seeking protection from evil. The other thing is Fatiha ends with two negative groups, right? What are the two negative groups of Fatiha? Who can tell me? Who are the two bad groups in Fatiha? Yeah. Yeah, so maghdubi alayhim and dalin. Both are negative, two bad groups. Similarly, this surah, Surah Al-Nas, also ends with two negative 
forces of evil, you can call them, the jinnah and the nas. And we'll understand what these two forces of evil are. But you see the similarity between the two? Okay. And then, Fatiha starts off with three beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Rabbil Alameen, Rahman Rahim, and Malik Yawmiddin. Same thing with Nas. Nas, Nas, Nas. Is that a coincidence? It's not a coincidence, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is here not only teaching us profound lessons, but the way He presents the ideas and the way the structure of the ayat are and the, the flow of ideas are symmetrical in a perfect way, right? And of course, Surah Al-Fatiha, again, there's a different opinion whether Fatiha has seven ayat or six, but if you take up the view that six ayat, Nas is also six ayat. So it's pretty cool, right? Okay. So that's Fatiha and uh, Nas. But another comparison that's very important to do before we delve into this surah is comparison between Falaq and Nas. Because as you know, both are known as Al-Mu'awwidatan. These two surahs start off with A'udhu. Qul A'udhu bi Rabbil Falaq and Qul A'udhu bi Rabbil Nas. What does A'udhu mean? Oh Allah, we seek your refuge. We seek your protection from. And so there, there is some similarity between the two. And, and interestingly, they come back to back, right? Falaq and then Nas. So the, the, sur, the last surah of the Qur'an is Nas, right before it comes Falaq. And a beautiful explanation of this was before Falaq is Ikhlas. Ikhlas is basically like a summary of, of the Qur'an and a summary of who Allah is. And think of Falaq and Nas like the two wings that protect your Tawheed, your Iman with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So you have Falaq that's seeking protection from something, and Nas, that's also seeking protection from something. So what are the similarities between these two? Um, Rabb al-Falaq, or Surah al-Falaq, we, we use one of Allah's names only. We seek Allah's protection using one name of His, Rabb al-Falaq. And then there are several evils. In Sharri ma khalaq, so how many evils? Who's counting? Five evils. So one use of Allah's name and four evils. Guys are bad at math, huh? Okay. And that's four. Okay. Whereas in, in Nas, we're using three of Allah's names. Rabbin Nas, Malik Nas, Ilahin Nas. But how many evils? One evil. Which is also interesting that, you know, in Falaq we're using Allah's name once from four evils and in, in Nas we're using Allah's name three times. Just as a, you know, quick teaser, which one do you think is more dangerous? Which evil is more dangerous, Falaq or Nas? Why? Because you're asking Allah's help three times using three different names. So you need extra help of Allah in this. Okay? And what's interesting is that because this, the Qur'an ends with Nas, so it's, it's as if Allah's ending with the, the worst of the two in terms of danger. Okay? Falaq, I don't want to get into the tafsir of it, but it basically, Falaq means when something comes out of something. When a seed comes out of, its, comes out of the plant. When a baby comes out, comes out of its mother's womb. When um, you know the sun comes out from the darkness of the night, that's why Falaq is the time of when you know uh, the, right before the Fajr, when the first spark of light comes out of darkness. Okay, 
So that is what falaq means. And this surah primarily talks about evil around us in our nature, uh, evil that harms us in terms of our health, like diseases, sicknesses, and all that kind of stuff. I, w- I don't want to get into that much. But nas is about people. It's called surah al-nas. It's about people. And interestingly, how many times is the word nas repeated in this surah, by the way? Who's good in math? Five times, right? Pretty big deal. Okay. So in Surah Al-Falaq, there's four evils. And notice how like they're, they're in dual form, right? مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقُ وَمِنْ شَرِّ غَاسِقٍ إِذَا وَقَبُ وَمِنْ شَرِّ النَّفَّاثَاتِ فِي الْعُقَدُ وَمِنْ شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ إِذَا حَزَدٍ You see the duality in Falaq? So it's as if something's coming out of something. Which is very much in line with the, the theme of the Surah, which is al- some, like this act of infilaq, it's called. When something comes out of something, literally. Uh, in terms of, like, Nas, we said, we said that there's one evil, which is Al-Waswas Al-Khannas. Okay? We'll understand what this evil is. What is Sharr Al-Waswas Al-Khannas, inshallah, by the end of the talk today. Like we said, three names in, in Nas, one name in, uh, in Falaq. What's also interesting is that Ghasiqin Ida Waqab, there's no Al Ta'rif, so it's general, darkness. As it approaches the night. There's generality in Surah Al Falaq, right? Any, anyone who does hasid to you. Okay? Whereas in, in uh, Nas, it's very specific. Al Waswas Al Khannas. So Al, you know, addresses the specific, being specific. That is the specific evil. It's not Nakira, it's Ma'rifa. Okay? It starts with Al Ta'rif. Al Waswas Al Khannas. And notice, what is repeated more in falaq? It's the word sharr. Min sharri ma khalaq, min sharri ghasiqin idha khab, min sharri nafasati fil uqad, min sharri hasidin idha hasad. So falaq is more about the sharr, the evil. Whereas what's the theme in nas? It's people. People, 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 repeated, repeated five times. And nas, just so you understand, is um, the plural of insan. And something interesting for you to note is that insan in the Qur'an usually, if not every single time, whenever Allah uses the word insan, it's used in the negative sense. So Allah describes insan as وَخُلِقَ insanu ضَعِيفًا Weak. Uh, you know, ظَلُومًا jahula. He was unjust. kafur, Right? He's ungrateful. In loss. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْر In Surah Al-Asr. Hasty. He's always rushing. Okay? Stingy, argumentative, you know, you know أكثر شيء جدلا, we learn also, in, in Kahaf. Forgetful, he forgets. Insan literally comes from Nisyan or Nasiya, which means to forget. Okay? Uh, opposing also, he, he becomes an opponent to you. And he's impatient. So you notice the common theme between all of these is what? Positive or negative? Negative. So it's as if Allah is saying the lowest level you can reach as a human being is an insan, by the way. It's not a praise. Okay? Interesting, right? And so Allah describes higher levels of being a human being with other names in the Quran. I won't get into that because I'm still studying that. I haven't really figured it out yet. I have some theories, but you know, one thing that's very obvious is insan is used in the negative. So let's talk a bit about people. If you think about it, all of your past experiences, whenever you have been harmed, who has caused that harm? People. Okay? It's usually people who let us down, people who cause us harm, people in whatever way possible, right? 
And we'll talk about different ways that people harm you. But people around us are basically the number one cause of all, all our harm, right? So, and sometimes people don't harm you directly. They use other people to harm you also. All right? That also happens. Another thing is people's danger is very, very, like, the evil of people can be very dangerous. Like, you know, just uh, last week, I, heard, I read this story about this student in Pakistan who got beaten to death by his classmates for saying something blasphemous or whatever, right? I don't know what he said. Beaten to death. That's what people can do. People can cause revolutions in countries. People can cause wars, right? People can, I don't know. We've seen even the Arab Spring, what happened, right? With like literally presidents of countries, uh, you know, in some cases being murdered and killed, right? On the... Uh, like on the streets. So people, when they get together, they can do pretty, pretty messed up things. So in a way, this surah is also going to make us aware about the people around us. Um, and usually, people can be mobilized to either build something for something good or to destroy something. Depends on how you use them. So mobilization is really the new game now, even in politics, right? It's, it's usually, they call it uh, people power. Right? When you get the masses, when you influence the masses, especially with Twitter and social media, you can change things on, on a big scale. Okay? That's called mobilization. And there are so many non non-profits that are specialized in this area of expertise of like how to change the view of people, how to direct people to get their agendas done. Right? And of course, people, it is impossible for you to get 100% agreement out of people, right? There will always be people who oppose you. There will always be people who disagree with you. There's always going to be people who don't like you. And the biggest example of that is our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, right? Best of humanity. Did people still hate him? Did people still try to conspire to kill him? Did people still try to, try to you know, uh, harm him? Yes, right? Although he was the best example for humanity. So, you know, who are we to claim that we don't have any people around us to harm us? Right? Every single one of us is... Uh, a potential target. So, let's start, inshallah, this, the, the reflection on the surah itself. Ayah number one, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ nas. Now, before uh, we get into the meanings, this statement, قُلْ, what does it mean, say? Okay? And and this came in also, الإخلاص, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ حَدْ It came in فَلَقْ, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقْ And it came in nas. What does it mean? It's a command to Allah, to the Prophet, from Allah, say it. Say it out loud. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed to seek my protection. Okay? So in a way, we're not shying away from seeking protection. Because who usually doesn't seek protection? Who, who usually says, who, you know, I don't need any help? It's someone who has ego or arrogance, right? But say is basically making us humble and making us realize that we are weak. We need your help, Ya Allah, and we're going to say it. Okay? Um, but when it comes to actually seeking protection, one of the things that we do, unfortunately, without realizing is, you know, أعوذ برب الناس, seeking Allah's protection, you don't really need to read قُل with it, right? So there's a difference between reading the ayah, of course when you read the ayah you have to say قُل أعوذ برب الناس, but when you're seeking protection, you don't need to say the word say, you don't need to say قُل أعوذ برب الناس, Allah told you say it, so you need to say what, you need, what needs to be said, what needs to be said, I seek protection. You guys understand what I'm trying to say? So in another ayah, Allah says, وَقُلْ رَبِّ, وقل رب اغْفِرْ وَرْحَمْ وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الرَّحِمِينَ 
right? So what's the, Allah is telling us, make a dua. Rabbi ghfir, warham, wa anta khairul rahimin. So what are we supposed to do when we raise our hands? Do we say, waqul, rabbi ghfir, warham, and say, who are, we, who are we telling to say? Allah is telling us say, and therefore we should, we should in, in the dua form, we should like exclude the qul and just say, rabbi ghfir, oh Allah, have mercy on us, forgive us, right? Does it make sense? Yes? So, same thing with A'udhu Rabbil Falaq, A'udhu Rabbil Nas. When it comes to seeking protection, it does not make sense to use Qul. Okay? Because you're not, Allah told you to say, why are you, it's like repeating, you know, it's like really, you know, acting like a parrot. You're just repeating what's supposed to be said without thinking about what you're saying. Okay? So what does Rabbil Nas mean? I'm not going to get into many details, right? But Rabb really means caretaker. The one who takes care of all our needs. That's why the father of the house is known as Rabb al-Bayt. The housewife or the mother who's taking care of the children, Rabbat al-Manzil, right? Why she's taking care of all the basic needs of the house, the basic needs of the children. And so, what are the basic needs? Of course, to live, right? To be able to breathe, to eat, to sleep, to have some shelter, to be able to, you know, provide for the family basic needs. Okay, these are... If you remember Maslow's law of hierarchy, right? The lowest level, right? The basic needs. This is what Rabb takes care of. Okay? And in the sense of, uh, you're going to see an interesting way I will explain this is there's three names of Allah, right? What are they? Rabb al-Nas, Malik al-Nas, Ilah al-Nas. So, what we're going to also try to understand is, is this surah is talking to three groups of people which make up all of a society. Okay. And in a nutshell, this surah is talking about social evil of people around us. That's really what we're seeking protection from. But what another beautiful way of explaining this is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through these three beautiful names, Rabb, Malik, and Ilah, is describing to us three groups of people in a society. The Rabb is the lowest level, which you can call people who are getting their basic needs met. Employees, farmers... Uh, you know, laborers, people who are, you know, just barely making their ends meet. They're, you know, eating, drinking, but they're, they need to work to provide for their families. Okay, these are the, you can call the the foundation of a society. Okay, every society needs them. But what comes above them? What comes above them are people who own things. Malik and Nas. Of course, Malik means king. It also, in another way to recite this, is Malik, which means owner. Okay, so it's, it's highlighting ownership. So on one side, we know that Allah is our owner. He owns everything we have. Everything we have is Allah's. Nothing we have is ours. It's all given to us by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But in society, Malik is all about, you know, what you own. What are your assets? So there's a, a group of society of people who own things, who own assets, who own businesses, uh, people who own land, people who own factories, businesses, investors, shareholders. So this is, you see how it's like a second level of society now? People who own things. When it comes to the, the employees and the farmers and the laborers and, and the manufacturers and people who work in factories, do they own much? Do they? No, they're usually, you know, renting... They're, you know, b b living a very simple life. Maybe, you know, you know, their dream is to own a house one day, own a car, but usually it's very basic needs that are met. Whereas at this level of society, which you can call like the 
the middle class, so you have the you know the the bottom of the pyramid, and then you have the middle class, which is the owners, people who own things. And then the highest level is the ilah ilah nas. Ilah literally means authority. Okay, and for Allah subhanahu wa taala, that is authority to be worshipped, right? And of course, ilah has other meanings, but for the context of breaking down society, ilah describes a group of people who have authority. So rulers, ministers, justice system, people who are sitting right at the top. Okay, they're above, they control the law, right? So they're above even the business owners, and of course they're above the uh, the Rabbin Nas category. So just to go over these three categories, Rabbin Nas is really taking care of the employees, the farmers, the laborers. Malikin Nas are, are people who own properties, businessmen, traders, financiers, uh, you know, shareholders of companies, and then you have Ilahi Nas, which is the topmost category: the ministers, the judges, the leaders. Now, looking at it from a pyramid structure will make more sense. Now, who usually, in terms of number, who is more in a society? Rabbin Nas, Malikin Nas, or Ilahi Nas? Which category is more in number? So Rabbin Nas, right? So you see how the, even the the names Allah chose are perfectly organized. He starts off with the majority, then the middle, and then the minority. Usually, ilah nas and I purposely made it in small font to show you that they're a small group of people. The small controlling group of people that are pretty much controlling uh, the entire pyramid itself. But each one of these is dependent on the other. Can the Malikin Nas category survive without the Rabbin Nas category? Can they survive? No, to run businesses you need employees, you need uh, you know, people to work in your factories, you need people to um, you know, get work done. Can the Rabbin Nas exist without the Malikin Nas? No, there won't be any jobs. Okay? There won't be any uh, salaries to be paid. Can Malikin Nas exist without Ilahin Nas? No, right? Because they, they're dependent on the, the legal structure and the authority of Ilahin Nas to exist there. Same thing with Ilah nas can they exist without Rabbin Nas, without people, you know, uh, respecting their authority and people, um, you know, sticking to their rules and, and obeying their, you know, rules and, and regulations in a, in a harmonious way? So you see how all three are interlinked and interconnected. They all depend on each other. What is Shaitan's objective? And what this surah is really highlighting is the conflict that arises when this waswas al-khannas messes up the structure and there there starts like instead of having harmony you have chaos in a society where rabbin nas their rights are violated malikin nas their rights are violated and ilah nas their rights are violated okay so there's chaos in a society because of waswas al-khannas we'll, we'll talk about what it means later on but just for you to understand as long as these three groups are in harmony with each other, there's going to be peace, there's going to be prosperity in a nation, in a society, in a community. But the moment this evil comes, this evil of Aswas al-Khannas, what's its goal? Its goal is to create conflict. Its goal is to make these three groups fight with one another. And so, for Rabbin Nas, again, to refresh, it's more about food, it's about shelter, it's about basic needs, it's about your job. So anything that risks your job is going to get you out of your comfort zone, right? Your life, your, your family. 
In terms of Malik and Nas, it's all about their deals, their investments, their profit, you know, their properties. And for Ilah and Nas, it's all about their power and control and authority. Anything that harms that will cause disruption in that community, in that society. So Allah is telling us here, like through the surah, he's, he's telling us that anything that happens in a society that harms any of these three categories, we will be affected. In one way or another, we will be affected. If some law is passed at the top level, let's say for example, you know, the VAT, the tax that's coming up, value-added tax, is it going to affect everybody? Is it going to affect business owners? Absolutely. Is it going to affect consumers? Yes. Okay. Um, let's say in Arab Spring, people started, uh, you know, revoluting rev against against their leaders, and there was revolutions happening all over the in Arab region here. Was it a disruption to the businessmen? Did it affect the economy? Did it affect even the leadership and their authority? Absolutely. There was chaos. There was people, you know, who were breaking things on the streets. There's violence. There's no law and order, right? So you see how. Each one of these is, they have their rights that they need, and when the moment those rights are gone, it creates chaos in society. So for, for being violated in terms of your Rabbi Nas, being fired would, would mess up that system, right? Um, for Malik Nas, let's say someone takes over your land. That's a way for you to uh, basically get hurt or harmed in that category. And Ilah Nas, how can that affect you? Let's say there's a travel ban on you. Let's say you did something wrong, there's a travel ban, it disrupts your entire life, right? And every single one of us, even in our own lives, we have these three categories. So you are Ilah Nas of your house, right? With your authority in the house. You have Malik Nas, your own possessions and belongings. At the same time, you have your basic needs that are being met also. So what happens as you grow up on the pyramid? The power increases. Okay, the influence increases. But every single one of them is at risk. Nobody's free. So this surah is literally talking to all these three groups. It's talking to leaders of countries to not violate the rights of the Rabbin Nas and the Malik Nas. It's talking to business people not to violate the, you know, the, the rights of Ilah Nas and Rabbin Nas. And it's talking to the Rabbin Nas not to violate the rights of those above them. As long as everybody respects the rights of others, there will be harmony in society. The moment there is any tension, it's going to create chaos, and that's what really this surah is about. Okay? And to, to give you another example of this, is, it's very common in conspiracy theorists, you know, where they use this pyramid, which is also seen on the dollar bill. And I'm not going to get into that right, drama, but what I am going to talk about is the fact that the Quran mentions Fir'aun, right? Fir'aun was the symbol of this evil elite. Quraysh was that same symbol. That were a small group of minority that had influence, that had authority, and their objective was to control the blind majority. That was literally Rabbin Nas at the bottom. And who sits in the middle? It's the Malikin Nas, people who own the businesses, people in the banking industry, the media companies, the education system. Um, in some cases, religion sometimes is manipulated also to control the masses, right? Like, as you've heard, uh, religion is the opiate of the masses. Very common term. Very true. With the exception of Islam, of course. Because, you know, let's, to, to clarify that statement, false religions are the opiate of the masses. When there's corruption in, in the religious authorities and there's, you know, manipulation and, and power struggles in, in terms of uh, religious authorities. So this is basically, you know, what this surah is uh, highlighting, the fact that Nas, people, 
are causing harm to people through people. Okay? And shaitan is using people to cause harm to people with the use of people. That's really what it is. Okay? Uh, whereas, what should the good side of this be? What should the positive side be? That we should use people for good, right? We should be influences of, of good in a society. And will the influences of good be the majority or the minority? Who can guess? Always a minority. Always a minority. Remember this also, another lesson from the Qur'an. Whenever Allah talks about the majority in the Qur'an, He talks about it in the negative sense. And He always praises the minority. Always praises the minority. Okay? So the good will always be a minority, evil will always be the majority. That's, not, that's just sunnatullah fil kawn. That's one of Allah's systems, right? That's the way it is. And if you look at all the prophets that came before us, all of them were minority. All of the believers that followed the prophets were all minorities. And the evil were the majority. And Nuh is a classic example of that. Where just the minority got on the, sh on the ark of Noah, all the other you know, majority people were destroyed. Including the evil elite, including the blind majority. Which included his own son. Okay? Who decided. And the Quran calls these blind majority a ballin. Any guesses what Allah calls the evil elite? So you see how Fatiha covers both? Maghdubi alayhim are people on the evil elite who have agendas to harm, right? And then Dalin are people at the bottom level who are completely blind, completely like no vision, just being instruments of an undesired vision. So this surah is basically divine protection from social evil. That's what this surah is talking about. So how do you maintain peace and harmony in society? Don't do harm to any of these three groups. Whatever group you belong to, even as we're sitting in this audience, we have people from these three different categories. Okay? And so, what should, what should our responsibility be? Do no harm to anybody in your category and do no harm to other categories. As long as you don't do any harm, things will be at peace. Okay? But sharr al-waswas al-khannas is what causes that disruption. So we'll understand what that means, inshallah. And so, by the way, what happens if you do harm to others? It's known as the law of karma also, right? What goes around comes around. What you do to others comes back to you. And so, a beautiful ayah that talks about this is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whoever does one good deed, he gets rewarded what? Ten times. What about a sayyah? A sayyah is when you do harm to others. وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالسَّيِّئَةِ فَلَا يُجْزَى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا He will not be compensated except exactly for the same. You have to pay back, right? That's what karma is, paying back for your injustice to others. And Allah says, وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ There will be no, like, it will be a fair compensation, fair payback. Whatever harm you do to others comes back to you. What are examples of harming others? Can someone give me examples of how you can harm others? So yeah, backbiting, ghiba, namima, causing, you know, separation in a community. What else? Stealing. Anything else? By the way, on the topic of stealing, one common thing that's very casually done in our societies is, you know, these one dinar DVD copies? If you're involved in that, please like 
cut it off immediately because that's you know you're literally you're you're you know committing a sayyah a big one because you know you need to pay the original price for these movies right or watch it in the movies buy it on Netflix or Apple TV whatever but don't buy it for one BD that's that's buying stolen property that's called uh, you know infringement of uh, intellectual property same thing with downloading PDFs of books downloading torrents uh, you know, downloading things off of YouTube, like, you know, music and all that kind of stuff. Don't be cheap, Yani. You want to entertain yourself, khalas, do it, but do it the halal way, at least, yani. You know? Um, and so this is something very casual, unfortunately, in our part of the world, right? And then problems come to us, because karma works, right? We get sick, we get problems, we have poverty issues, we have health issues, uh, relationship issues, economic problems and then we we ask Ya Allah why Ya Allah what did we do wrong why are all these problems happening to us and who's to blame who's to blame ourselves right okay so min sharril waswas al khanas this is like the, the central theme now what is that evil many people have thought uh, or, or have um, described this al waswas al khanas to mean the Shaitan, right? Al-waswas, the one who whispers, the whisperer. Al-waswas, okay? And Al-Khannas is usually translated as the one who withdraws, okay? But, um, you know, I have a kind of different approach, inshallah, today. So, satanic whispers are a minor deal in the Quran. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, first of all, there's no surah named Surah Al-Shaitan or Surah Iblis in the Quran. There's Surah Al-Nas. Okay? So, if Allah really wanted to highlight that, that shaitan is the evil that we've got to be careful from, He would have named the surah, surah al-nas, or surah al-shaitan, right? He would have repeated shaitan like five times, but He's repeating nas five times, not shaitan. And in terms of shaitan, Allah calls it nazgh. Sometimes shaitan suggests certain things to harm you. Then what do you do? Just fasta'id billah. It's a simple thing. Just say, a'udhu billahi mishtar rajeem. Done. It's a simple thing. And Allah says about shaitan, وَكَانَ كَيْدَ الشَّيْطَانِ ضَعِيفًا Shaitan's yani, whispers are, are weak. Right? So that's not the big deal. Allah is trying to highlight something else here. Right? And we learn from this word, wiswas, if you search it in the Quran, Allah subhanahu says that He created the insan, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْ الْإِنسَانَ وَنَعْلَمُ مَا تُوَسْوِسُ بِهِ نَفْسُهُ So there's a wiswas that goes on in our nafs, inside of us. وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَلِيدِ And Allah is highlighting how close He is to us. Therefore, not only does shaitan do waswas, who else does waswas? Our nafs, the sting inside of us does waswas. Okay? And notice, here we are asking protection from the evil of waswas al-khannas. So waswas, al-waswas al-khannas is not evil in and of itself. There is an evil in it that we are seeking protection from. So what is al-waswas al-khannas? And wallahu alam, this is ishtihad, right? But just, uh, it makes sense inshallah, and, and we will see how that works inshallah. So waswas is strong feelings in your, in your nafs that lead you to certain actions. Strong feelings in your nafs that lead you to certain actions. Where did I get this from? Because Allah later on says, الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ so the whisper is happening in the sudur, in the chests. 
Now, the clue here, and this is beautiful about the Qur'an, because Allah keeps giving clues, right? And Al-Qur'an yufassiru ba'dahu ba'dah. Qur'an explains itself in other places. So if you look at the word Sadr in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Sadr in two uh, contrasting ways. Either the Sadr is being expanded, which is in Shirah, right? Alam nashrah laka Sadrak. Or it is being tightened. Yadiqu Sadrak, right? That's, so these are two, ex, two ex, opposing meanings or two opposing states of the chest. On one hand, it's being expanding. It's, it's doing inshirah. Yashrah sadrahu lil-islam, Allah says. And the, the tightening of the chest. Now, which one is positive? Sharh, right? Sharh, expanding. Which one is negative? Now, think about it this way. When, does it, when do chests tighten? And when do chests expand? It's usually feelings. It all comes down to feelings. When you're happy, when you're at peace, when you're joyful, when you're grateful, But when you're angry, you're upset, you're stressed out, you're jealous, there's hatred, there's revenge, there's greed. The sadr gets tightened up. So you see, that, that was really the clue for al-waswas al-khannas, right? And we'll understand now why waswas, why is this word, why is there like a repetition? Waswas. Because one negative feeling leads to another. Always. Okay? It starts off with someone saying something bad to you. You get hurt. And then what, that, what is that feeling of getting, feeling hurt, you know, transform to? Anger. And then what does anger transform to? Violence or revenge. Okay? And, and, and hatred and, and so, certain actions that come along. So that's why al-waswas is even like the wording itself. There's a repetition. One feeling needs to another. It's, it's kind of like contagious, right? And what does khannas mean? Hidden. If you look at, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Al-Jawaril فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالْخُنَّسِ Al-Jawaril kunnas. Okay? Al-Khunnas in the Arabic language actually also means something that's hidden. It's referring to the stars in another surah, but it's referring to something that you cannot see. And what can we not see? Those feelings, right? Okay? Those feelings. Now, what are we seeking protection from? From the evil, min sharr, al-waswas al-khanas. From the evil of those Feelings that are hidden. What are those feelings that are hidden? The feelings that cause us to do harm to others. If you look at any conflict in the world, any conflict that happened to you in your life, any moment in your life when you were upset, when you were depressed, when you were you know, stressed out or worried or afraid, it always goes down to the evil waswas al-khannas that started in someone's heart. Someone had some ill intention to harm you in some way or another. And that, you know, that could either be hatred or jealousy or envy. And that leads to other consequences, right? They can either harm you directly through their words. 
Sometimes through their actions. Sometimes through other people. Sometimes someone can harm you through another conspiracy, right? They can mess your business up in an indirect way, right? By, you know, propaganda or whatever. There's different ways of doing that. But usually that's the root. So we're talking about the root here. Where does, where is that, does that spark of evil come from? It comes from that evil feeling of hatred, that negative feeling of hatred and jealousy and envy. That's where it all starts off. And so we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us, to protect us from those evil intentions of people outside our own circles, right? So there's two, two sides to the coin here. We're seeking protection from any evil intention that's going to be outside, that's going to, harm, that's going to potentially harm us. Or the other side of the coin is we're seeking protection from Allah for us not to have those evil intentions for others. Am I making sense here? Yeah? So we don't want to have hatred, jealousy, envy towards anybody, nor do we want anybody's evil uh, hatred and jealousy and envy to harm us. Will there be envy and jealousy and hatred from outside? There will always be. We already talked about this, right? But when you seek Allah's protection genuinely, can that harm you? It can't harm you. Why? Because Allah is actually Rabb al-Nas. In reality. Allah is Malik al-Nas. He is the real king. He is the caretaker of above all the caretakers in the, in the lower half of the pyramid. He is the king of all kings. He is the authority al-Ilah over all authorities. Right? So when you seek protection from the one Ilah, the Malik, the real owner, the real Rabb, then can any force in the... Like around you harm you? No, right? So you have divine protection. So, you know, this surah is supposed to like give us this you know, sense of self-confidence and empowerment that when Allah is with me and when I seek protection from Him, nothing can harm me. It really gives you the sense of like relief that, wow, alhamdulillah, Allah is with me. And when Allah is with me, nothing can harm me. But why do most people get harmed? Yeah, or they're not seeking protection genuinely, right? They're just saying things, lip service, without really understanding what this means. So, I'll give an example of why. And notice here, Allah didn't say, Allah subhanahu is describing chests. So there's many people who are being affected by that one waswas. So I'll give you an example of some evil waswas some hatred somebody had and he made a, like he decided to plant a bomb in the middle of the streets in a marketplace. How is this going to affect the sudur of other people? And how are those feelings going to be different? One action. Some people will be sad. Who do you guess will be sad? Family of those who died in that bomb blast, right? There will be sadness. There will be children who will be dying, there will be women who will be widowed, and there will be families who will be broken apart. And then we have fear also in a society, right? Who will be afraid? Pretty much everybody, right? Everybody who can be possibly a victim. If it's in a marketplace, then the shop owners around that place will be afraid. Afraid of what? 
another attack, afraid of business going down, right? Afraid of economic consequences. And there will be people who will be happy, actually. Who will be happy? Yes? Those sick-minded people, you know, they actually celebrate. Wow, one more bomb blast done. Five more to go. Okay? And then there will be anger also. Who do you think will be angry? Government might be angry. The family of those who died might, that, that sadness might lead to anger. And it might cause them to do what? To take the law in their hands and, and do something back, right? And react. And then worry also. Worry in terms of the government, what to do. Who did this? You know, who are the criminals behind this? And there's this worry because it just causes tension in society. Are these problems real? Real. We, we read and hear about them in the news all the time, right? And so you see one waswas khannas. It started with that one guy who... And we'll talk about how he got that idea. He got it from two sources. Who can guess? Minal? So that was that was khannas, that evil feeling of hatred and envy, it came from somewhere. It came from two sources. People and Jinnah. I won't tell you what Jinnah means yet. Okay? People and Jinnah. Those are the sources. So that caused him to do to do that action, that harm to others. And then it affects many people. And by the way, this, this, will this bomb blast affect all those three categories? Absolutely, right? The Ilah Nas category, the Malik Nas, and all the three circles will be uh, affected by this. People's jobs will be lost, people's uh, you know, income and livelihood will be affected at the lower level, people's businesses will be affected, and the authority also will be affected. Coming to conclusion. Allah now is telling us where the sources come from. Two sources. Minal Jinnati. And Jinnah often is translated as or explained as the jinn, basically. So there's you know, two creations of Allah, the jinn, people you cannot see, or not people, a creation of Allah that you cannot see, made of fire, whereas Nas is people made of clay, basically. So again, uh, an outside-the-box explanation about what Jinnah means. Because Jinnah and Jannah are very similar, right? Why is Jannah called Jannah, by the way? Jannah, i.e. paradise. Any guesses? What's the connection between jinn and jannah? Both you can't see. You believe in without seeing, right? So it's hidden. Jannah is called jannah because it's hidden. You can't see it. Yes, we have descriptions of it in the Quran, but you've never seen it. You can never imagine what it's like because you've never seen it. Okay? And jinn are called jinn because they're hidden also. Um, and by the way, you know, my view on jinn is that jinn can't, can't harm you. you know, there's, I know there's a lot of uh, theories out there that jinn came into me and all of that. And you have TV satellite, satellite channels dedicated to taking the jinn out of you and all of that. You know, I think it's a multi-billion dollar industry actually. It's all a business, big scam. Um, and there's another riwayah in the seerah. Another incident, Sira, where the Prophet ﷺ was felt sick because someone did some magic to him. Uh, I've actually verified this with many of the scholars that I trust, and you know this like does not make sense in Sira. 
I, I don't buy the fact that the Prophet ﷺ, who was the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who had divine protection from Allah, could be harmed by a amal or by a, some magic, some knots done by someone that was thrown in some well. Okay? And then he got sick and he started imagining things happening to him. And he imagined that, you know, he was sleeping with his wife and he was, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Okay? So, um, Islam is empowering. Islam is supposed to make us confident, it's supposed to make us appreciate, appreciative of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our protector, al-hafiz, right? So anything that goes against this, like we should think about it before accepting it. Okay. So, jinn can't harm us, so what is this about? Like, What is jinnah then? So anything that's hidden and unknown versus people who are unknown. You see, there's two contrasts now. When people harm you, do you know who they are? You know that people harmed you, right? And somewhere or another you find out. And usually, when does it hurt most? When people closest to you harm you. Right or no? Okay. Whereas jinnah is anything that can harm you without you knowing where its source was from. It's an unknown source. Okay. And you know, another way of looking at this is, you know, in, in today's industry they call it subliminal messages. Where subconsciously we are, you know, fed information and thoughts, negative thoughts, negative beliefs, limiting beliefs that we're exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis that make us think in a certain way. And then it, it suggests ideas to us. And those ideas turn into negative feelings. Those negative feelings turn into harmful actions that we cause to others. Okay? So people can harm us through their words and their actions, whereas Jinnah are those hidden you know, messages that are constantly fed to us to make us think in a certain way, to make us have those feelings. Okay, I'll give some examples to make that clear. Right? So, like I said, hidden programming, brainwashing, the entertainment industry is full of this. Full of negative feelings that are you know, installed in your software, let's call it, right? that cause you to think in a certain way, that cause you to have certain feelings of hatred, envy, and ego, and all of that, right? Movies. Sometimes in movies, there's subliminal messages that are passed on for you to become violent. Video games. Don't we see that? Like, I mean, especially in the West, you, see, you hear about college students who go on like a shooting spree in college. Where does that come from? It came from like exposure to media, exposure to movies, even songs sometimes can cause you to go get into depression. It can cause you, especially if you like like the blues, you know, you like sad songs and oh she left me and how could she do this to me, and that leads to uh, evil feelings that can actually harm people. You guys heard about the murderer who, uh, like the Facebook Live murderer, right? Sick person. But at the end of the day, where did that feeling come from? I mean, it was because of his girlfriend, right? There was love and emotions in that. And that led to him taking revenge, basically, by killing random people on the streets. Okay? So, from certain movies, from songs, even the news. Now, now you open the news, do you see positive news or negative news? Do you think that this stuff doesn't affect the way you feel? Absolutely it does, right? Especially if you're... Like, honestly, I stopped watching the news. It's just too much negative energy for me to take. But if you're watching the news on a day-to-day -day basis, may Allah be with you, Yanni. 
You need to read this surah a lot, right? Make, seek refuge a lot. Because that negative energy affects you. And wallahi, you know, like, if you think about people who blow themselves up in the name of Islam, right? What is the waswas al- what's that evil waswas al-khannas that's installed in them? Think about it. What is it? What's the root waswas khannas that's installed in their software? What's that feeling? It's one of two. Can you guess? Anger. Right? Frustration. They, you know, if you think about it, they constantly get exposed to, you know, people dying in Syria and people, you know, being persecuted and injustice happening in the world and, you know, all these small clips that you see in the social media, they constantly watch those and they, you know, listen to lectures about how you need to go and jihad and fight and, you know. And the more exposure you get to that, the more your way of thinking and your feelings lead you to do certain stupid things. So, the, the power of media is highlighted in this surah. The power of... Like, who could have imagined, right? I mean, this surah revealed more than 1400 years ago. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that there will be unseen, unknown sources that will impact how you think and how you feel. And it will, it will make you do harmful things to others. That is not people. That is Jinnah. It's things that are unseen. People who like to, to watch drama and a lot of, you know, especially those Pakistani dramas where there's always fighting going on and divorce and slapping and kicking out of the house. And violence-rated movies. Even immorality. Right? Even in cartoons now. So many Disney cartoons have subliminal messages of uh, immorality and shamelessness and building of the ego. People who like to listen to a lot of rap. Right? It's all about ego. It's about, you know, I own the world and I can kill and I can do whatever I want. I can get whatever girl I want. It's all about just this instilling this, you know, these feelings that, you know, I am selfish and I don't care about anybody. Okay? And the more and more you listen to this, especially with the music, guess what happens? The hearts get unlocked. Music unlocks the hearts and those evil ideas program the way you feel about yourself and the way you feel about others, the way you see others. And that leads you to do certain messed up actions. And social media today is like literally we're bombarded with that, right? With our smartphones and gadgets. And the next big thing is virtual reality. So, you know, may Allah help us with that generation where there's no escape. You're literally wearing glasses and it's just there right in front of you all the time. You don't have to check your Facebook anymore. It's going to be there, right? You, you, you literally see it wherever you are, okay? And so what is being bombarded to us, it's all these messages, these unseen messages. If you think about marketing also, what is marketing? It's all about you feeling in a certain way so that you can go buy certain things, right? And it's usually that feeling of fear. I need to buy that dress or else I won't be as good looking. I need to buy that bag because I need to be noticed in that party. I need to look in a certain way. I need to study in a specific college to be accepted in society, right? Um, you see marketing in terms of get a loan, buy that house, buy that car, buy that jet ski, you know, consumerism and uh, just consumption, 
right? And materialism. We're not saying buying designer stuff is bad, but what you're saying is when constantly bombarded with that mentality, right, and those messages, it impacts the way you feel about yourself, about others, even food. Look at like ob obesity rates, right? One of the highest, uh, you know, causes of, of uh, death in the world today is high blood pressure, right, and cholesterol. Why? Due to unhealthy eating, uh, eating habits. Why? Because of these messages, right? You, you see McDonald's and it looks so, wow, amazing, and the kids can go and play in the room and it's, you order and the food is ready in three minutes. And it's fast and it's tasty and it's cheap. And so we just, you know, we get brainwashed with this, this idea and I don't know if you, if you agree, but I think that's, that's also shar. The shar of obesity, the shar of disease. Right? Isn't that a form of evil also? Caused by jinnah. It's by unknown sources, right? You, you never really thought about it, but you just, as you grow older, of course you're a baby, you're innocent, but then as you grow older, you get exposed through, you know, parents, through your teachers and, and friends and society and, and TV and all of this media that shapes the way you feel and, and make, shapes the way you make decisions. And think about Islamophobia, jihad and terrorism, all of this stuff that's going on in the world, right? This hate against Islam, this big propaganda against Islam and Muslims to, to tarnish the image. What is it all? Who is doing it? Who is behind all of this? Does anyone know? It's, it's Jinnah, right? We don't know who it is. Yes, people have planted those, but it's all over the media and it's being done in a very, very smart way. And this is like this Jinnah game is like, you know, very high level game. And the Muslims are sleeping in this area. We're being victimized. But this is the real game of think tanks of the world, right? Where they actually plan 50, 100 years ahead, right? To shape the way you think and feel. So it's all about misinformation, it's all about deception. And that's why the blind majority are kind of like slaves of that system, right? Whereas the, the, the smart minority people, they wake up and they realize, wait a second, uh, you know, I know what's going on now, right? And you wake up and then you educate yourself and you, um, you know, see the light, right? And that's why Allah said, Iqra. The first thing Allah told us was read. Because when you read, you become educated. You understand what's right, what's wrong. You wake up to reality. When you don't read, you become ignorant. You become blinded. And so through reading, we, we come out of ignorance into light. So what about people? Of course, we have the saying, right? In Urdu, they say, right? People. Just because of this idea of what will people say, we end up doing so many wrong things in our lives. Right? They influence the way we make certain decisions in life. I need to have a grand wedding, otherwise what will people say? Even if it means getting into a, you know, a 20 year debt that I'm going to have to pay for the rest of my life, it's okay. As long as people are satisfied, as long as my image in society is uh, acceptable. You know, so we seek people's acceptance, we seek people's respect, we seek people noticing us, and we end up doing certain things that we regret for the rest of our lives. And people influence us through negative thoughts. We get influenced by people who, you know, sometimes give us limiting beliefs and assumptions. 
Right? That's what it's all about. When we get together, riba and backbiting, and you know, he said this and she said that about you, and he did that, and that's what creates all this evil, and that's you know one of the evils of society. So through words and actions, these can be people who are closest to you. It can harm you, right? One harmful sentence said to you to to hurt you can basically discontinue that relationship or or like literally break up that family apart for many, many years to come. How many of you have come across situations like that or know of stories of families who were broken apart just because of verbal abuse and verbal like you know insults? Okay. So what what is the root of all of this? Of course Allah's name is Ar Rahman, right? And the contrast of that is Shaytan. Now we're talking about that Al-Waswas al Khannas, that what's in the heart? So Ar-Rahman is about love, whereas Shaitan is about ego and hatred. It's all about me. Rahman is about connectivity. Salat al-Raham is connecting the ties, whereas Shaitan is about breaking apart society. Okay? Rahman is about mercy, it's about forgiveness, whereas Shaitan is about revenge, it's about you know, conflict. And then Ar-Rahman is about peace. Literally, the Raham of the you know, the baby, as it's in the womb of the mother, that's called the Rahim. The baby's in such peace. It's connected to its mother. There's love. There's mercy. Whereas in, with shaitan, it's war, right? It's conflict. And you look at the world today. What's, what's prevalent more? Peace or war? Right? What's more common? Uh, hatred or love? What's more common? Breaking apart or connectivity and unity? Breaking apart, right? What's more common? Mercy or revenge? Uh, what's more common, care or greed? Care for others or greed? Just me and myself. So you see, you see that this is like the reality of, of the problem. This is where al-waswas al-khannas originates, right? It's in the heart. It's that ill feeling towards others that need to do harm. And it comes, it comes down to ego at the end of the day, right? Ego is what makes us make fun of others because we think we're better than others ego is what makes us backbite because we think we're better than others you think about it right ego is what makes you insult others because you think you're better than others ego is what causes causes hatred and the prophet to conclude in one hadith summarizes the solution the prophet said la yu'minu ahadakum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsih None of you is a believer. Notice, huh? None of us is a believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So it comes down to love, actually. Loving for your brother what you love for yourself. Which is what karma is about, right? Also, do unto others what you want to be done to yourself. And treat others like you want to be treated. And here, the process has said, brother, does it literally mean your blood brother? No, brother in humanity. Brother in humanity. That is what the Prophet's character was. He would even be merciful to his enemies. His enemies would throw stones at him in Ta'if and he would make dua that may Allah, you know, bring from out of their lineage someone who would accept Islam. And eventually that did happen. The Prophet, a woman would 
out of hatred, throw garbage on him. Every day and the day she got sick, he went to visit her and she accepted Islam. So he would love even his enemies. And you know, I was when I explained this concept of love to children, for them it's like, you know, not a big deal. But subhanAllah, love is something that as you grow older, it becomes more and more difficult to love for others what you love for yourself. Don't you agree? It's such a simple concept. But subhanAllah, this is really the root of al-waswas al-khannas. It's either you have love or you have hate. And every single one of us, we need to make a choice, right? We need to, this is like a reminder for us also. That do we really love for others what we love for ourselves? Sisters, do you love for your sisters what you love for yourself? Do you love for your friends what you love for yourself? Do you love for your employees what you love for yourself? You know? Very, very simple but deep lesson in this surah. So I hope, you know, inshallah, this was um, uh, beneficial in terms of reflection on social evils and the fact that people are really, you know, who cause harm to us. And the waswas al-khannas, the evil of it is what, you know, at the root of it is that hatred, it's that ego, it's that, you know, selfishness and greed that we all need to seek protection from. And we to seek protection from those around us from harming us in that. So with that, I conclude. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallah bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nasaghfiruka natubu Any questions? Yeah? Absolutely, yeah. How can you like expect to get protection if you are causing harm to others, right? Yes, yeah, so it's a big reality check for even Muslims, right? I mean, our religion is called Islam. And this is not our religion, this is the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam, right? Actually, this is the religion of all, all the Prophets. And the Prophet in a beautiful hadith describes that Islam was the final brick in this building that was built by all the Prophets that came before. So more than 124,000 Prophets came to different people, different times, teaching the same message of Islam and peace and love. And the Prophet was just the final brick to complete that beautiful building. And its, it's lessons are just so simple. Peace, love, and harmony in society, right? But we are the ones, human beings are the ones who complicate things. And we sometimes act worse than animals, right? And that's what we're seeing now. With the stuff going on in the world today, Humanity has reached a level where we're worse than animals. So, you know, again, every one of us should work on ourselves and our families and our surroundings. And may Allah soften our hearts and help us, you know, uh, love rather than hate. Are more popular, and one is always you know, left out. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. 
Yeah, so again, there's this misconception that, you know, to seek protection, read all four quls. Actually, to seek protection, you need to read the two quls, Falaq and Nas, right? Because those are the surahs of protection. Uh, Kafirun and Ikhlas aren't the surahs of protection. So, uniting all four, it's more of like a tradition, cultural thing, right? Where there's no uh, reference, not that I know of. There's no reference from the process I'm saying, recite all four and this will happen in your life, right? Yeah, so it's not a set of fours. It's, it's actually he called, he made this a pair, al Mu'awidatan, Falaq and Nas, because those are seeking protection specifically. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's preferable to read them in order. Yeah. And in the order they were revealed. So if you want to read Falaq and Nas, read Falaq first and then Nas. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just makes sense because it's flowing in with the, the order of the Quran. Right? But, but it's not like a big deal, Yani. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't think Allah is going to stop you on the Day of Judgment and say, you recited Nas before Falaq, Astaghfirullah. Yani, inshallah. <laughs> Sorry? No, no, I mean, I haven't come across anything, but just, I mean, from a logical perspective, right? Uh, flowing with the Quran's order uh, makes more sense, but again, you know, there, it's all Quran at the end of the day. Uh, so, inshallah, there's bigger problems in life to deal with, inshallah. Yeah? Alright. Sakamullah khayat.